Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? It's your boy Ray. Welcome to Football Talk with Ray Route. Hope y'all are doing well today on this Monday, November 8th. I know it's been a while since I've been here streaming with y'all. Uh, had some technical issues back up and running in the saddle. Got uh, had to give in and get a new computer, but got a lot of football to talk about today. Also got my boy Connor coming in uh, in about 15 minutes here to come join me on the stream we're going to talk some patriots and talk some nfl uh we got a lot to talk about today man we're going to talk about how the patriots are winning because they look like the team that we all thought they were i also want to talk about how i believe odell beckham jr will complete the patriots offense and make them legitimate contenders the dallas cowboys got blown out this weekend but they're still one of the best teams in the nfl the Browns made a statement yesterday against the Cincinnati Bengals, but it's not really time to call them contenders just yet, even though Browns fans will want you to. Deshaun Jackson is a Raider, and man, did that organization need some good news. We'll talk about Mac Jones' dirty play with Connor. Will Odell ruin the locker room? What the heck is this? are the Seahawks thinking of signing Odell? They need another receiver like I need a hole in the head. Man, the Raiders, Mayock, well, he's got issues, boys. He's got a lot of issues that he's going to need to address. And then finally, we're going to just talk about Packers fans and just how awful they must feel with their quarterback, Jordan Love, under the helm. Kazings looked bad yesterday. But guys, I got to start here by telling you that this video is brought to you by Symbol. Let me take a few seconds to tell you all about Symbol. If you've thought about investing in the stock market or you're worried about making investments because you don't know enough about investing or perhaps you're just not ready to put your money into crypto, why not invest into something that you know all about and that's the sports market. Symbol brilliantly combines sports betting and investments all in one place. On Symbol, you can invest in your favorite teams like the New England Patriots, take a long-term investment on teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, show your support and your know-how by buying, trading, and selling and sharing sharing your favorite college, NFL, Major League Baseball, and NBA teams. You can earn money for every win. You can invest in season or out of season. It's up to you. Just remember, buy small, sell big, right? This isn't some week-by-week gambling site where you just drop a wager on one game. This is your chance to be in it for the long haul. Be cautious, be aggressive, be a homer. It really doesn't matter. Symbol is there for you to find value and try to make money. Now, Symbol is also offering this absolutely crazy promotion, and I think they're insane for offering it. However, click the link I've left in the description code. Go over there. Use the promo code DPN on Symbol, and it will allow you to make a completely risk-free deposit up to, listen to this, $500. Use that promo code 
SGPN, and your deposit will be risk-free for 90 days, meaning if you lose that money, you don't like the market, whatever the reason, you can withdraw your entire initial deposit no matter what. So go check out what I think is the coolest gambling and investment site in the world. I've left the link to the symbol website in the description below. So I suggest you go check it out and show the world your sports know-how and your savvy of an investor you really are. Go check out symbol by using that link I've left in the description and make sure that you use that promo code DPN and you can make a 90-day risk-free deposit up to $500. I mean, that's insane. That's absolute insanity. 500 bucks. But perhaps it's time that we get into this. So Dan Shaughnessy wrote that the Patriots destroyed the Carolina Panthers 24 to 6 in Charlotte Sunday. That's their third. That's three straight for New England. So brace yourself for a surge of the Pats are back. Stories from local and national media outlets in the sea of mediocrity that is the NFL in November of 2021. The Patriots, led by a stout defense and a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, look as good as anybody. So let me ask you the question. Are the Patriots this good, or are they just on a hot streak against some bad teams? As the headline says, the Patriots are winning because they look like the team that we thought they were going to be. Think about it, okay? We all thought that the New England Patriots were going to be a very good defensive team. They were going to run the ball very effectively. And the quarterbacking was going to be just enough to make sure that they would be ready to move and score points, right? That's exactly what we saw against Carolina yesterday. That Patriots defense, obviously, they haunted Sam Darnold again. He might as well have been talking about seeing ghosts. J.C. Jackson, a couple of picks. Jamie Collins with an unbelievably athletic pick. That's what we thought the Patriots were going to be. We thought they were going to be a great team or a great defense with a great run game. Who throws the ball effectively when they need to? And we've kind of saw that the last couple of games. I know that Mac Jones had a big game against the Jets, but I mean, let's be fair. Who who doesn't have a big game against the Jets? But I think that when you look at this New England Patriots team, we wondered how long it was going to take for them to gel. We wondered how long it was going to take for them to come together and sort of be that competitive team that's going to go out and, be a pain in the ass and eventually win games. And that's what we're seeing now. Now I'm going to be honest with you. If the AFC would be performing the way we thought the AFC would perform, this team probably they'd be in a little bit tough right now. However, the AFC is just out to lunch. Denver wins yesterday. The Browns win. The Bengals lose. Baltimore's back atop that division. The Patriots are game out behind Buffalo. They're half, you know, they're in the wild card defending a playoff spot now. That AFC has kept things wide open for New England, and I believe they can continue on playing the way they have been. They're a good enough team to compete with anybody. Now, Jason Monastrondo of the Boston Globe wrote that the formula to success for the Patriots offense is starting to become clear. Keep the ball on the ground and ensure that the running backs and tight ends are heavily involved in the passing game. The rookie quarterback averaged an astounding 40.5 attempts over the Pats' first four games, but over the last five games, the Pats have run the ball and decreased Jones' workload to just 29 attempts per game. Do the Patriots have enough weapons to give Jones options if he needs to start throwing the ball downfield? 
With Odell Beckham Jr. hitting the waiver wire and possibly hitting free agency, would it be wise for Belichick to do what he can to add Beckham to the Patriots roster? Now, I've been pretty consistent about how I feel about this Odell Beckham Jr. situation, and I believe that Odell Beckham Jr. would complete the Patriots offense and make them legitimate contenders again. I mean, the Patriots are actually should be seen as legitimate playoff contenders. Now, I don't know if we can look at them and call them Super Bowl contenders if they keep playing the way they do, if they can take care of business against the Cleveland Browns, who are supposedly a legitimate team, if they can take care of business against you know, the Tennessee Titans, if they can do it against the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, they got two really tough games coming up against the Buffalo Bills. If the Patriots can continue on playing like that, then yeah, man, then we can start talking Super Bowl contenders. But right now, we can talk playoff contention. Nelson Aguilar hasn't really performed the way I think we wanted him to perform. Kendrick Bourne's been okay. Jacoby Myers has been what I can call a little bit of a disappointment. I don't think that he's been exactly what the Patriots wanted. I know he's not what I wanted as a fan. And I think that the Patriots have an opportunity to really make a splash if they can go out and get Odell Beckham Jr. Because what they're going to do is is they're going to put the Patriots in a position where they're going to be supplying the field and supplying their rookie quarterback with a legitimate deep threat. Now, I want you to just think about this vision of Odell Beckham Jr. as as one of the receivers. Then you got Nelson Aguilar who can stretch the field as well. But you add in Johnny Smith, who hopefully will, you know, bounce back from some of these injuries, and you put in Hunter Henry, this Patriots team becomes very, very good. It becomes a very competitive team. I think that one of the concerns that people may have is he's going to come in and be disruptive in the locker room. And it's something we'll talk about a little bit later on. But I don't think he is. I think that Odell will come and complete the team. We've seen players who have, you know, a past of being problematic in the locker room, enter the Patriots locker room and sort of conform to the Patriots way. And I see that same thing happening with Odell Beckham. I see him absolutely just fitting in the Patriots locker room. I mean, Randy Moss was seen as a locker room issue and then he wasn't. Uh, Okay, Odell finished things wrong in New York and then obviously in Cleveland, but I want to say that Odell Beckham Jr. pre-Tom Coughlin being released and post-Tom Coughlin being released has been two different players. Put him under some leadership like Bill Belichick, and I believe that he could really come around and be very effective for New England. All right, so this article came out. Here's a little piece from the Associated Press. It said the Denver Broncos steined the NFL's number one offense when it mattered in a 30 to 16 victory over Dallas on Sunday, ending the Cowboys six game win streak. Now the Dallas Cowboys have been seen as one of the best teams in the NFL. Does this loss to Denver change that? And I'm just going to say, despite that loss, the Dallas Cowboys are still one of the best teams in the NFL. First of all, they played an AFC team. And I'm going to say it right now, when you play an AFC team, you never know what's going to happen. The most unpredictable games of the year have involved AFC teams. When you think about just all the weird stuff that's happened, when you think about teams that aren't supposed to win, that do win, teams that are supposed to lose, that, you know, win the games, teams that are supposed to win, lose, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, you look at the Patriots, you look at the Bills losing to Jacksonville last week. I mean, there was a lot of people who didn't believe that the Patriots could beat the Chargers. There was people who didn't believe at one time that they're going to beat Carolina. Then we talked about the Carolina game being a close game for New England and it turned out to be a blowout. Now, when you play the AFC, things are weird. The Dallas Cowboys offensively are phenomenal. The defense could use some work. And I understand that the offense wasn't flowing against Denver. 
Dak didn't look great coming back off of his injury. Mari Cooper had his first drop of the season, which obviously isn't helpful for Dallas. However, when you sort of break all these things down, I believe at least that Dallas is in a situation where they'll be able to bounce back. And they can go far on their offense alone. However, one thing I will say is, after examining more, I was on the bandwagon of the train of Dallas being one of the more complete teams in the NFL. I had Dallas and Buffalo actually going to the Super Bowl when I made my early Super Bowl predictions. I would say that Arizona, Buffalo, obviously, the Rams, even though they lost yesterday, are probably the more complete teams. I don't think you can't look at a team like the Tennessee Titans right now and not say they're one of the most complete teams. So Dallas is still very good and still one of the best teams in the NFL. But obviously, yeah, I mean, you can't deny it. Things things took a sudden turn with that loss yesterday. But, you know, it is what it is. Now, like a story from the Associated Press says that the Browns came in desperate for a win after dropping three of four. Their situation turned dramatic on Wednesday when star wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Jr. was exiled for poor behavior and the team decided to release him. Baker Mayfield threw two touchdown passes. Nick Chubb ran for 137 yards and the Cleveland Browns sparked by cornerback Denzel Ward. As early 99-yard interception return for a touchdown capped off a chaotic week by smashing Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals 41-16 on Sunday. Now, the Cleveland Browns have been one of the most inconsistent teams in the NFL this season. Did their breakout game versus the Bengals show the world who they really are? And as it says, the Browns made a statement on Sunday, but it's not time to call them contenders just yet. Now, when you look on paper, even without Odell, this team are contenders. Miles Garrett is one of the best defenders in the league. Baker Mayfield isn't a bad quarterback. Jarvis Landry is a legitimate wide receiver. you got the tandem of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I mean, Cleveland has the makeup of being one of the more complete and one of the best teams in the NFL. Yet, kind of week after week, day after day, month after month, and let's face it, if you're a Browns fan, season after season, they just disappoint and they disappoint over and over and over again and i'm at a point now where i can't turn around and say cleveland is a contender the only time that i'll feel comfortable in my skin that i'll feel comfortable as an analyst saying that cleveland the cleveland browns are a legitimate contender in the nfl is when we start seeing some consistency because i mean they had a game that baker mayfield nick chubb and cream hunt didn't play and they win and then baker comes back and they lose And then they lose Odell this week and they blow out the Bengals. But does that say more about Cleveland as a team or does that say more about Cincinnati as a team? Because Cincinnati are probably pretenders. And at one point we're seen as legitimate contenders. There's still a lot of issues over in Cincinnati. So you got to go game by game by game. But I don't think that we can look at this Cleveland Browns team and believe that they're legitimate contenders when they have showed us nothing this year that says, hey, we're going to be in it for the long haul. Cleveland is probably the epitome of week by week. They're that week by week team that could possibly come out and look really good, but they could also come out and look really, really bad. So no, I'm, I'm just not prepared to do it right now. And we got one more story for you here, and then we're going to be bringing in our guest. Now, Brian Diardo wrote that Raiders fans received some good news shortly after their team's 23-16 loss to the Giants. 
The three-time Pro Bowler receiver Deshaun Jackson told CBS Sports NFL insider Josina Anderson that he plans to sign with the silver and black. Now, the Raiders have showed signs of being a really good team. Will signing Jackson get them back on track? What I will say is, is adding Deshaun Jackson gives the Raiders a boost that they need to complete and compete in that AFC West. There's been a lot of bad teams in the AFC West, and that includes the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no way that the Chiefs can look at that victory yesterday over the Green Bay Packers and feel good at all about that win. Denver, I mean, <laughs> the Denver Broncos win yesterday, an anomaly. The Chargers up and down. They've looked really good at times. They've looked really bad at times. And you can kind of put the Raiders in that same boat as well. That AFC West is wide open. At this point, I'm not even ready to count the Broncos out yet because if things go really wrong in some other direction, they could be sitting there in a, in a spot to compete, in a spot to be legit contenders of that division. But Deshaun Jackson is not going to replace Ruggs. I mean, so let's try to get that sort of thought process out of our heads. But what it's going to do, it's going to give Derek Carr a legitimate deep threat. Now, let's also not forget that Deshaun Jackson requested a trade and then his release from Los Angeles because he wanted to be more involved in the game plan, which means the Raiders said something to him into the effect that said he was going to be a big part of the Raiders' offense. So because of that, you have to believe he's going to be ingrained, right? Now, it's going to be slow. You, you can't just pick up the playbook, but if they're just using him for his speed, I mean, just run down the field really fast and we'll throw the ball to you is a pretty easy play call to make. Just set him up in the, in the Y or the X and just say go down the field. So I think it's going to make him a legit contender in the AFC West. I can't sit or turn around right now and say, you know what? This move right here is going to guarantee them that they're a, a Super Bowl contending team. Because again, you've lost one of the bright wide receivers in Henry Ruggs and replaced them with a former star who can still jet. And guys, it's now time to bring in my boy, Connor Carney, my former broadcast partner in here to talk some Patriots, talk some football. Connor, back-to-back-to-back victories. First time we've ever talked about three because we were not broadcast partners back in 2019, the last time the Patriots did it. Dude, how are you? Good, man. It's It's been a while. I can't believe how long it's been since they won two games in a row. Now here we are sitting at three games in a row. It was a heck of a game yesterday, too. They won in convincing fashion for probably the third time in a row. I mean, the Chargers game was somewhat close, but other than that, I mean, these games haven't even been that close. We didn't even know each other the last time the Patriots won three games in a row. Yeah, no, definitely not. What was that, 2019? Yeah, 2019. Brady, Brady was still the quarterback. Oh, my goodness. I know. It's It's been a while. It's been a while, man. All right, so let me I, – I got – five things, five different little stories I want to go over with you, but let me ask you first, like, okay, so we talked the first time, the first time we reconnected was after the Jets game. That yep. was the first reconnection we had. And I asked you, Hey man, was that a legit blow up by the Patriots or was it just the Jets? And and you said kind of both, right? You said it was really good to see them, but it's the Jets. Let's see what they can do against the chargers. Then they look good against the chargers. They didn't look great, but they look good against the chargers yesterday. They look great as far as I'm concerned in some areas, rough in others. But here's what we saw yesterday. We saw outstanding defense. Yep. We saw outstanding running. And we saw decent play in the passing game. Is that not what we thought the Patriots were going to be all season? 
Yeah. Led by, led by defense. Great running. Mac Jones, do what you need to do to help us win. That's exactly what we said at the start of the season. You know, it's taken a little while, but they're coming into the exact form that we thought they'd do. You know, play like a top five defense, run the football really well, and Mac Jones just needs to, you know, limit the mistakes and essentially be a game manager and that they're going to be a competitive team if they were able to do that. That's exactly what they did yesterday. This defense is finally coming into its own. How do you feel about the Cleveland game? I'm actually pretty confident. I I don't know why. I just feel like Bill Belichick's rolling right now as far as the defensive game plans go. I think he's going to be able to somewhat slow down Nick Chubb, and I think he's going to be able to contain Baker Mayfield. One thing I'm starting to notice about Belichick, if if you're not like an elite quarterback, he's really going to slow you down a lot. I, I think he's going to be able to contain Mayfield. It's going to be tough because there's only so much you can do versus Nick Chubb because that guy is just a, a tackle-breaking machine. The but Patriots I, could have drafted him. Did you know that? I've heard rumors that they could have drafted him. They also, right before or after, they could have drafted DK Metcalf. Same, uh, Yeah, the next season. Yeah, Back-to-back uh, -back years, imagine. Someone, someone will remind us, though, I'm sure, this week when we see Nick Chubb break off like a 20-yard run. Oh, Twitter will explode with uh, comments. Well, let's talk about that, too. And again, I really do have five legit stories I want to go over with you but um, really quickly. But I do want to ask you about this. When Stephon Gilmore picked off Mac Jones on what was just an awful uh, lead and an yes. awful throw, yes, did, did you just think like me, like of course Gilmore? Because I looked up, like I literally said out loud to my wife, I'm like, of course Gilmore got a pick. That's exactly what I said too. I said the same thing. I'm like, oh my goodness, of course. And Mac made it very easy on him. It was a bad read, bad throw. I don't know what he was doing. He kind of just threw it right to him. But I'm like, of course, Stephon Gilmore has to get an interception today. Thankfully, it didn't end up meaning anything and. You know, the Patriots really, they only gave up two field goals and both the field goals were off turnovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were off turnovers. Too many turnovers. So you know what? Uh, I do want to actually get into one of those turnovers. But first, I got to tell people when, that when you join the Ray Route Patreon page, you'll get exclusive videos fueled by subjects that you give me every week. That's right. When you become a Patreon member, you'll get videos. Uh, so you'll get four exclusive videos every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And that's not all. Every second Friday, I host a Patreon hangout for all the Patreon members. And you have the opportunity to hang out on screen with me and the other Patreon members to talk football. Basically just friends chopping it up and everything. Uh, I also don't believe in making you know people pay huge money or having different tiers and excluding people. I have one tier, five bucks. That's it. Everybody pays the same thing. Everybody gets all the same content and all the perks, including the link to our Discord page that's exclusive to our Patreon group. We are just actively chatting about football, so don't wait any longer. Sign up for the Patreon page by clicking the link I left in the description or go to www.patreon.com slash Sports. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Come join our little community of football fans over on Patreon. And guess what, man? Lawrence actually came in and joined our, our hangout uh, this previous Friday. We had about nice. eight guys in there. And I do want to put out right now, live on the podcast, live on the YouTube page, live everywhere that people are listening to this, and to all my Patreon members, I have sent Connor the link every week since he's left. I've never, got, I've never received it. So stop getting upset with me that Connor is not showing up to the Patreon hang. <laughs> I, I, I don't get, I don't get any of these. My, my uh, DMs on Twitter must not be working or something. They work. You know, tonight, you know how that goes. But yeah, I got the, yeah, I got your link. No problem. Yeah, you got maybe maybe it's all the other stuff that you've sent me over the uh, weeks. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, Connor's coming up with excuses, but it may be. 
All right, Connor. I got five quick stories I want to go over with you and a question for each. You ready for this? I'm I'm ready. Are you ready to make your reappearance on Newsbreak? I'm ready. I'm prepared. All right, here we go. So Jack Brown of the score wrote that New England Patriots quarterback Mac Jones is accused of a dirty play when he held Brian Burns' ankle as the Carolina Panthers pass rusher attempted to twist away following a strip sack during Sunday's contest. But the rookie signal caller insisted Monday that he assumed Burns had the ball and he was only thinking about trying to limit the damage of the turnover. Connor, Carolina Panthers players and their fan base have been harping on this play since it happened. People are making this out to be one of the most atrocious things that's ever been seen on the football field. What did you think of the play? And was this completely blown out of proportion? Because, or, or is Mac Jones the dirtiest player in the league and he should just, he needs to be exiled right now? Hey, uh, it was a great ankle lock. Really was. There was a, it was a heck of a job out there. The WWE would be proud. I, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know if this is a homer take, but I completely believe everything that Mac Jones said there. I mean, he just got clobbered. He got crushed on that play. He looked up. He thought that that guy had recovered the football. He tried to grab his leg and keep him from going anywhere. The guy kind of twisted himself, and then his ankle, you know, unfortunately got all tangled up and I, I don't know what the outcome was of it. I tried to look it up earlier, but I didn't. I didn't see if he uh, the extent of the injury. But I think Mac Jones was just trying to grab onto him and keep him from going anywhere. I don't think it was anything intentional. I don't think it was a dirty play, and I don't think Mac Jones is going to be an issue in the league. Well, he did return to the field after that play. He got hurt again in the fourth quarter on an unrelated play. Okay. However, I do I do want to throw out to you that. Um, whether it was intentional or not, did you even know that that was a rule that you couldn't grab the guy's foot when he was trying to run away? I did not know that at all. No, no, that was my whole thing. So at first people were like, look how dirty this is. I was like, what's dirty about it? Until I found out it was against the rules. Really? Okay. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know that. I, so you can't grab onto the person's foot of the rank or anything like that. Not like that. I think if he has the ball, you can, but not when he's just trying to run away. Okay. Yeah. He, he's probably going to face a fine, but I, I think that should probably be the extent of it. All right, so Jack Brown, or sorry, so Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham <laughs> has been trending over the past week due to his frustrations and eventual departure from the Cleveland Browns. Now, many New England Patriot fans believe that he could uh, be the spark that brings the offense to the next level. But while joining the Greg Hill Show today, Boomer Esiason has a strong belief that that isn't the case. And he said, quote, I don't care if the Bills do or don't, Esiason said, go, take him. He's just going to ruin your team. So, Connor, a lot of teammates outside of Baker Mayfield actually came to Odell's defense in Cleveland. Right. Do you think that Odell would ruin the Patriots' locker room? Because I think that Belichick wouldn't allow Odell Beckham to ruin the Pats' room. No. No, I, I think it would be fine. And, you know, the this has been a storyline with other players in the past repeatedly. History repeats itself, right? It was Corey Dillon. It was Randy Moss. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of other guys where they said, oh, this guy's a problem. He's an issue in the locker room. Not a lot of teams want to bring him on. I don't think that's the case. I think he actually has great admiration for Belichick. This is another one of those things where you see all those pictures of them always talking and hugging after the games anytime they've played each other. I don't think Odell Beckham will be an issue, especially with Bill Belichick. You know, I understand people are saying, you know, it ended very poorly in Cleveland, didn't end great with the Giants. But I have confidence that Bill Belichick wouldn't allow him to come in and really be a problem and really ruin the locker room. And I think Bill Belichick has good enough, you know, senses to kind of read into that. So I think if he had even the the slightest, you know, skepticism, he wouldn't even pursue potentially going after Odell. What does Beckham bring to this offense? 
true number one wide receiver speed. I mean, I, I've seen it on Twitter the past couple weeks. There have been plays where he was wide open and Baker Mayfield did either one didn't look his way or two just couldn't physically get the football to him. He still has that breakaway speed that I, I was hoping that, you know, Nelson Aguilar was going to have, you know, the absolute deep threat. So that, that would be the difference maker. Uh, he would be exactly what the Patriots are missing as far as the number one wide receiver goes. So Jack Brown of the score wrote that the Seattle Seahawks have a strong interest in adding Odell Beckham Jr. A source told USA Today's Mike Jones, the Seahawks are Beckham's preferred destination, while the San Francisco 49ers and New Orleans Saints are also possible landing spots, Pro Football Talks Mike Florio reports. Seattle already boasts one of the best wideout duos in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Both receivers are on pace for a thousand yard seasons. It should also be pointed out that Russell Wilson is pushing the front office to do this. Okay. So the Seattle Seahawks actually have the 27th worst passing offense in the NFL, but they also have one of the worst defenses in the NFL and one of the worst offensive lines. How much would adding Odell Beckham really help the Seahawks? Because I don't think that Odell Beckham will do anything to improve the Seahawks offensive line or their poor defense. Yeah, very little, very little. I feel like the Seahawks are a team that loves to have like uh, flashy guys and big things and, you know, they, they went after Josh Gordon before. They they love to stack up on talent, but they have, for years now, been very bad on defense, especially in the secondary. Their secondary has been porous for years. Offensive line has never protect, protected Russell Wilson to the point where there were rumors last year that Russell Wilson no longer wanted to play for him because he always felt like he was running for his life. You know, sure, Odell would be great. That would be a great, you know, trio there Odell Beckham Jr. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf I mean that's going to be extremely hard to stop but then also it's going to create a little bit of an issue where who's going to get the ball who's going to get the targets there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed all of a sudden and it's not going to help Russell Wilson have any more time in the pocket he's still going to always be on the run and they're going to be in shootouts every week because the defense is going to be letting up 28 points week after week. So it, it would obviously do little to nothing to, to help them. It would just be a nice flashy name and another another big offensive uh, offensive weapon for them, essentially. Is this possibly just some goodwill from Seattle trying to show because Russell is pushing for it and they don't want him to leave because rumors are he could leave after the season? where when he's talking about, you know, demanding a trade in the offseason, they can turn around and say, look, we got you, Odell. That that could be part of it. You know, that could be part of it as we've seen that with, you know, Aaron Rodgers, other guys in the league where now they're trying to make sure that the quarterback's happy because they know that they have, you know, leeway to actually leave. And if he's upset with the decisions, which last year he was upset that the offensive line wasn't any good. And now if he's upset that they had the opportunity to go after Odell and they chose not to, I mean, maybe it's going to be a little way that's going to sway him to reconsider if he wants to come back to the Seahawks next season. So that could be part of it as well. So Alex Chippen of the score wrote that the Las Vegas Raiders are releasing cornerback Damon Arnett after he threatened to kill someone while holding multiple guns in a video. General manager Mike Mayock confirmed Monday. The Raiders have cut both their 2020 first-round picks within the last week. They waived Henry Ruggs following his involvement in a fatal car crash. Connor, it's been a heck of a season for the Raiders. First, the Gruden emails and resignation. Then the Ruggs accident, which tragically took the life of a young lady. And now Arnett is being cut. Does Mike Mayock have to be on the hot seat at this point? Because... I mean, these are personnel issues, and personnel issues are his fault, no? Yeah, I mean, this is maybe just a lack of due diligence. 
I, I, I mean, I think uh, Arnett was the first round pick last year, was he? Twenty twenty. Him and Henry and, Ruggs. and Henry Ruggs. So your both of your first round picks over the past two seasons are no longer with the team. You know, serious, serious. You know, issues with the law here. Obviously, Gruden. It's it's a lot all at once. When it rains, it pours here, and it, so I, I feel like somebody's got to be responsible for it because. You know, one guy, okay, it happens, you know, and, you know, it's, it's difficult to always be correct and always get the right, you know, personnel, but to have three issues all in a row, I, I think if somebody has to take accountability for it, and it's probably going to be Mayock. Like if the Patriots would have had three Aaron Hernandez situations. Oh my goodness. Would Bill Belichick still be the coach and general manager of the team right now? I think something would have had to have happened, even if he's still the coach. Maybe they relinquish his GM duties. Something would have happened, especially with Robert Kraft being the owner. If they had that many issues, you know, I I know that Robert Kraft. If you we've obviously read the Dynasty, we know a lot about the guy. He's very strict when it comes to that. He wants to make sure that he's investing in people who are good guys, both on and off the field. So if they would have three major issues off the field like that, that to to this extent being as bad as they are, I think Robert Kraft would step in. And I think Bill Belichick at this point would no longer be the GM. If it was that, if that was the case, if you're the Raiders right now, are you just considering going back to Oakland? (laughs) Yeah. Nothing good has come since they've gone to Vegas. Maybe that's part of it too, man. They're in this, they're in the city of sin, right? All right, so Alex Chippen of the score wrote that Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur said his game plan was at fault Sunday after quarterback Jordan Love stumbled through his first career start in a 13-7 to loss of the Kansas City Chiefs. Love filled in for Aaron Rodgers, who went 19 for 34 for 190 yards with an interception and a late touchdown against one of the NFL's worst defenses. The 2020 first round pick looked particularly frazzled when pressured and went six for 17 for 30 yards against the blitz. Connor, this was a huge opportunity for Jordan Love, and I don't think it's unfair to say that he blew it. Whether LaFleur wants to take the heat for the game plan or not, how nervous should Packer fans be about their future? Because they can't feel great about a future with Jordan Love right now. I wouldn't feel good. I watched that entire game and he, I had no confidence that he was going to score at all. I really didn't. Even at the end when they got that late touchdown, I I didn't think it would have mattered if they were able to stop the Chiefs because I had no faith that Jordan Love would come down the field and score a touchdown in crunch time. Just based on the eye test, regardless of what the game plan was, sure, LaFleur can t- say it was his fault. I did not think Jordan Love looked good at all. I thought he struggled. The Chiefs have not been a good defense, especially their secondary. They've been very, very poor. This was a great opportunity for the, this kid to come out and light it up against them. You know, I, I was thinking potentially they could get into a shootout between him and Mahomes and going back and forth. A lot of points would be scored. And, you know, to, to get a late touchdown when they're playing prevent defense and put up seven points the entire game, I mean, that has to be, you know, a, a red flag. Now, that's one team that's going to be nervous, but do you feel good if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan after that game? Uh, as far as the offense goes, no. The defense, I mean, they the defense looked great, I guess, but also part of it was Jordan Love just did not look good. But there's something up with Patrick Mahomes this season. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if teams are starting to figure out how to stop him and Tyreek Hill. And I, I don't know what's going on, but he has not looked good for the better part of the season, but especially these past three games, he did not look good this week, obviously. Looked very bad against the Giants uh, the week prior. I'm struggling to remember who they played, but this is the third game in a row that Patrick Mahomes has struggled. 
So I, I would not feel good in the short term. But in the long term, I, I do have faith that Patrick Mahomes is still going to figure it out. Jordan Love, I'd be a lot more concerned about. All right, Connor, the Patriots play the Browns. We will not talk until after that game. Give me your final score prediction for the New England Patriots, Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Oof, 27-24 New England Patriots on a Nick Folk field goal to end it. How devastated were you when he missed that 54-yarder? Uh, I was pretty upset, but Broke you know, I, streak. It, it was it was it had to come to an end eventually. Heck of a streak, still the you know, still the record holder for the Patriots, but also I think he didn't really want to run up the score on him either. He felt bad, so he decided, you know, he would miss it and let it be 24 to 6. He didn't want him to feel too bad about themselves. It's really weird because he came closer to making the 56 yarder in the rain than he did in the 54 in perfect conditions. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, that, that one had no chance from the start. It just went way, way right. That thing was missed. Like we knew it halfway through. That was a yeah. field goal. Yeah, as soon as he kicked it, I'm like, yeah, that's not going in. <laughs> the funniest piece of that was I tweeted, he's human. And yeah. Like, oh, you saw this. Someone tweeted, the first thing I yelled was, Connor! <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? He'll be back. He's going to make it next week, and it's going to be to win the game. All right, Connor. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Connor, commentary. Come over on Twitter. I always have something stupid to say. You're back on TikTok again, too, I saw. Only only when I get uh, inspiration to think of something, of that tra- of that trend. I love that you you actually did like a true TikTok voiceover as well. That was that my was- first one ever. I, it took me a little while to figure out how to do it how to find the sound and then how to have it do it when you wanted to do it. I will I'm say learning. though, I finally saw a tweet that was sort of not sports related. It was a sports on TV, but you made a sexual innuendo to who the fastest three seconds. And you oh. said a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to go over to TikTok if you want that exclusive footage right there. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's gross. He's on his couch. He's in shorts. It's just, <laughs> Guys, don't forget, check out the Patreon page. Make sure you go check out our symbol, our, our sponsors over at Symbol. Remember, I left the link in the description. Use that promo code DPN. Save yourself or make a $500 risk-free for 90 days. Connor, imagine being able to plan a site where you can go make big money and you got five. Imagine if DraftKings said to you, here, I'll give you $500 to make as many bets as you want. And hey, and if you're not happy because you lost them all, just tell me you want your money back. I'd sign up immediately. So head on over to Symbol. Guys, that was talking football with Ray Route. Appreciate y'all listening and watching, whether you're on the podcast or here on YouTube. Uh, for those of you who didn't watch to the end and aren't listening right now, I will clip, uh, put some posts, some clips, some Patriot stuff up on the YouTube channel. Until next time, guys, I'll be back tomorrow where I will be joined by my boy Lawrence from Colts Law. Take care. Connor, tell me about those Patriots. Still legit. Do did will the story of people podcast is now available on the crier media network the first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories ready tara sloan from the san jose sharks undercurrent podcast at nbc sports marianne iveson from iveson voice and the let's take this outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. 
wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.